0: Welcome to Flashback, a podcast by the Okaloosa County Public Information Office. Get ready to dust the nostalgia off your sleeve as we talk with Okaloosa citizens who share with us how things used to be. I'm your host, Nick Tomachek. It's time to step into your imaginary DeLorean, tap your flux capacitor, and flashback. I was getting ready to walk out of the house on a recent cold day here in Okaloosa County. I found a hooded sweatshirt I had never seen before in my closet. It was a white sweatshirt, had a logo of some brand I'd never heard of, located in the corner near my left shoulder. I put on some sweatpants, and my running shoes was headed to go kick the soccer ball around with my ten-year-old son. He greeted me at the door to the garage with a grin. Dang, Dad, you got that drip. You look good. I didn't know what to think, except... What the heck are you talking about? But I knew that from his, you look good remark, that it was a good thing. And then my next thought was, dang, I'm getting old. At least I looked hip in the eyes of my son. Hip. The youngsters still use that term, right? Well, my mind started recalling some of the phrases and slang I used to say when I was his age. When I was 10, it was the 1990s. Man, that Bone Thugs and Harmony song is da bomb. Or, hey, home skillet, what you been doing? Or how about Cha-Ching? My friends and I used to say this all the time when things in our life went our way. Hey man, I just got a brand new Super Nintendo! Cha-Ching, Cha-Ching, Cha-Ching! Let me take you back to where this one came from. A young Seth Green, he's an actor. He stars in this Rally hamburger commercial from the 1990s as a drive-thru cashier. He's ringing up an order for a dad who's seated in the driver's seat, his wife in the passenger seat, and kids in the back. I'm gonna do my best Seth Green impression because I'm pretty sure I can't use the audio from that commercial without the permission from rallies. Here we go. Okay, so let me repeat your order here. That'll be one double cheeseburger, ching! Large fries and large soda, cha-ching! Two kids meals, two medium sodas, ching! One chicken sandwich, large fries, and a vanilla milkshake, bada-bing! This became incredibly popular back then. And you'd see kids, even adults, making the signature arm-pumping motion when they said cha-ching. It got me thinking, though. Slang, even proper English, has evolved over the years. On this episode of Flashback, we explore how people in Okaloosa County used to talk and write and express themselves. So I took a dive into some old newspaper articles and columns from Okaloosa news stories from back in the day to see how people back then may have talked. Newspapers, books... Things that are written have a tendency to follow certain rules, you know, grammar. But I was able to find some gems in uh, certain sections of the newspaper, like comics and advertisements. So let me take you back to July 1st, 1966, let me set the stage of what's going on here in the world in Okaloosa County. On page two, a new Choctahatchee High School was about to open after students were suffering in an overflow buildings at the school which is now considered Meigs Middle School in Shalimar. Due to the student population and overcrowding, they put the students in old barracks buildings. These things didn't have air conditioning. Max Bruner Jr., the superintendent at the time, is quoted saying, get the children out of the barracks. And in that same edition, there was a comic strip called Priscilla's Pop. Priscilla looks to be a young girl, elementary school-aged, And she's climbing on the family couch and playing with the dog. Her dad comes in holding a stack of bills and says, if the prices keep going up we're going to be in trouble. The next panel in the comic has him continuing on, this time looking at his wife and he says, I mean it Hazel, we'll have the wolf at the door. The young Priscilla, not totally understanding what it meant, walks out the front door and whistles for the wolf. Pretty funny. But don't worry, Priscilla, I wasn't too sure what it meant, either. I looked it up, wolf at the door was a phrase that meant to ward off poverty or hunger, as in, example, they didn't earn much, but it was enough to keep the wolf from the door. I'll grab a sandwich to keep the wolf from the door until dinner time. And of course, we have some usual slang from the 1960s, some of which I use today, even though I wasn't even born yet, like, bummer, or far out, or groovy. In that same 1966 edition of the Playground News, I came across an ad for the Tiki Room Restaurant and Cocktail Lounge. They were advertising their famous smorgasbord. Whatever happened to restaurants using the word smorgasbord? It's a Swedish word. It was actually made famous at the 1939 World's Fair in New York, and I guess it caught on carrying it through the 1960s. But my recollection of when I was raised in the 80s and 90s is that it was just straight up called a buffet, or if you were trying to appeal to another audience and market it even more, a colleague of mine once referred to it as a culinary walkabout. As long as the food walkabouts its way into my tummy, I shouldn't complain too much about what it's called, I guess. I don't plan to go through every decade with you guys, but I want to get to a few more So that was the 1960s. Let's go back even further in history and see what the pages of the newspaper had in the 20s and 30s. An ad in the May 15th, 1927 edition of the Pensacola News Journal was selling women's clothing and it shows photos of black and white photos of women, knee-high dresses and they have upturned brim, wool blend, cloche hats. These outfits were reasonable for church but advertised as great outdoor costumes from Paris. No, we are not talking about Halloween costumes. As defined by Webster, a costume is simply a set of clothes in a style typical of a particular country or historical period. Or as a verb, dress someone in a particular set of clothes. Quote, the dolls are elaborately costumed in fancy 19th century dresses. Or how about this ad on the very same page of the same edition of the News Journal selling paint? it says you can't paint a house with applesauce. No, I guess you can't. You can eat it, but what the heck are they talking about here? When somebody tells you that a cheap, low-cost paint will cost you less than good old SWP, the best house paint money can buy. That's just plain applesauce, bunk, taffy, soft soap, or whatever you want to call it. No cheap, inferior paint it is as an economical as SWP. Well, they're ad war. It caught my attention. I think, though, I may have to revive some of those terms. Imagine going to a holiday party and having a conversation about who makes the best pizza in town and then telling your friend that their argument is a bunch of applesauce. I dare you to try it. A side note about the 1920s. The news stories talk about Okaloosa as the happy home county. With mild temperatures year-round, great farming, hunting, and fishing with tourism building up in towns like Camp Walton, Valparaiso, Mariester. Also another interesting ad for a mortician company out of Pensacola whose phone number was 39. Yes, just 39. But let's move on to the 1930s and see if anyone is saying anything different there. This is the time of the first fishing pier in 1931 in Okaloosa, boasting the best fishing spot in Fort Walton. Also along this time, the idea of a great port city along the Choctaw Bay, Port Dixie, was still in the mind's eye of developers. Also, about 10 miles south of Crestview, about this time, a developer was growing trees used to make tongue oil, T-U-N-G, and this was an oil used for waterproofing varnishes. And in the newspaper articles that I found, there's still considerable amount of gossip and to me, personal invasion of privacy on the society pages back then. For example, here's one, here's a couple that, that were listed in an article from 1931. Mrs. Sade K. Torner has returned from New Orleans where she'd been spending two weeks with friends and relatives. Another one said, Miss Thelma Ward and Leslie Flo of Defuniac Springs visited friends and relatives in town last week. I mean, dang, why don't you just tell me what they ate in their bathroom routines while you're at it? I have a background in supporting the First Amendment, but I'm not sure this approach would work today. Moving on, in May 1932 edition of the Pensacola News Journal, a single panel cartoon that used to run daily in at least the Pensacola News Journal, probably some others, it was named Flappy Fanny, and it showed, this one shows a drawing of a woman doing her makeup in front of a mirror and it has a short bit of daily wisdom beneath the imagery. On this one it says, you have to know someone to the core before they can be the apple of your eye. The phrase apple of my eye refers in English to something or someone that one cherishes above all others. I don't hear it too often anymore, every now and then I hear it. Originally that phrase was simply an idiom referring to the pupil of the eye. And it even can be found in certain books of the Bible. For example, in Deuteronomy 32:10 says, "He found him in a desert land and in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye." And in Psalm 17:8 says, "Keep me as the apple of the eye; hide me under the shadow of thy wings." Another flapper fanny in 1935 newspaper says. Quote, a corsage proves the boyfriend rose to the occasion. And you know, the corsage is still around, you know, but except for prom, this custom doesn't seem to be as common anymore as it was back then. Around this time, Okaloosa County made state news, appearing in the Miami Herald newspaper with a short article about the success of Okaloosa's blueberry crop at the Sapp Farm near Crestview as well as the success of the Satsuma Oranges and the Florida Beacon Grapes. So still a lot of agriculture going on in Okaloosa at that time. The article also talked about bringing in a dozen boars to improve a swine herd. There were some really interesting things about these old newspaper editions, and you could tell that people actually read the papers back then. Not as, not, no TV, none of that extra stuff that we got now. As a matter of fact, there was a four-page section focused just on women issues of the day. These were mostly uh, things that had to do with women organizations in the area and fashion news, so it had lots of pictures of the latest fashions. The number of short stories from around the state and the country were numerous, too. It had, there was like lots of little bits of info, and it kind of reminds me of a Twitter feed, but in print. The other thing that was interesting was the size of the comics section in the 1930s. Some comics were a full page and told like a lengthy story, more than the typical Peanuts and Garfields that we're used to in modern days. In most ways, I feel the papers represented the tone and culture of the people living in Northwest Florida and in Okaloosa County. And though people wrote and spoke differently than we do now, People cared about the same things that we do today. We want good roads, good school buildings, plenty of recreation, and in general, a high quality of life. I hope you were educated a little bit more from this episode and maybe a little more hip. Or maybe you feel it's all applesauce. This episode was written and researched by me, Nick Tomachek. This is a production of the Okaloosa County Public Information Office. Our theme music is composed by Jason Shaw on Audionautix.com. I hope you have a safe holiday, and remember, don't drink hooch and drive. I'll see you around town.